Hi, and welcome to Forest of the Future, the podcast series where we look into how innovation in FSC can help save our forests. We all know that forests will play a key role in combating climate change and the biodiversity crisis that we're facing. In this series, we explore how innovation, especially within tech tools, but also more broadly, can help us protect our forests and support the mission of FSC, which is to ensure responsible management of our forests worldwide. This episode is one that I've been looking so much forward to sharing with you, and it features one of my favorite ladies in FSC, the very talented and charming Vera Santos. When talking to Vera, we will move a bit beyond the tech realm and dive into what FSC is doing to increase the amount of smallholders and community forests certified to FSC worldwide. Smallholders own a large proportion of forests worldwide, but only a fraction of them are FSC certified. If we manage to get that share up, we could solve a big piece of the puzzle when trying to combat climate change. To make sure that FSC is fit for purpose for smallholders and communities, we have a specific program called the New Approaches, and they're trying to identify alternative solutions for these forest owners. Vera is the program manager for that initiative. This episode, like so many others this year, have been recorded online. When recording, we struggled a bit with an unstable internet connection. So you will, in this episode, have some interference and some background noise. I can only apologize and hope that you can still focus on Vera's very important message. And with that, let's take it away. Hi, Vera, and uh, and welcome to this episode on new approaches. Could you start out by telling us in your own word what new approaches is? New approaches is um, FSE most recent project that focuses on bringing more small forest owners and uh, uh, local and traditional communities into our system. And what we decide to, to do is to have a more systemic approach to all the tools that FSE had rolled out in the past and give it a modern twist and see what can we be doing differently and more creatively to ensure that this kind of users of our system can come more easily to join and benefit from the FSE certification. Mm-hmm. So you're saying they should be able to join more easily. Why Why is it difficult for smallholders to become certified in FSC and communities? Um, so we have identified the, um, the main barriers so, so, so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are related with, uh, with the cost of certification, both in terms of uh, the cost of implementation of the rules FSC lays down as responsible forest management, but also the cost of audits, which is a big component. Besides that, they also face um, challenges in terms of the, the number of requirements FSE defines, and uh, some of the requirements are not so well understood by them. So it's both the complexity and some specific requirements that might be a little bit more, more tricky. Mm-hmm. So what are we doing to alleviate those challenges for them? So we had defined a couple of initiatives that build in each other. Our priority so far has been in terms of the, the policy and standards initiatives. So we are trying to simplify the standards. We are trying to allow them a phase in into the requirements. One of our very iconic projects is a, a stepwise approach towards certification. 
that enables them to spread the, the cost and the investments needed mm -hmm. in terms of full compliance. Okay, so what would it, can you break that down for me? What is the stepwise approach? Uh, FSC has uh, um, is starting to define what will be the, the minimum requirements to get access to certification. We call it critical requirements. Mm -hmm. We are comparing this also with other tools within the system to make sure that uh, the, our solutions speak to each other and they are mapped out correctly. And over time, they, they, they can focus on the compliance of those requirements in a way that makes more sense to their local settings. So they can prioritize uh, some of the efforts throughout time. We will keep the, the same five years period in terms of uh, ensuring they, they comply with the full set of requirements, but they can have a more easy way of moving towards that full compliance, depending on the, the existence of uh, particular situations. For example, if there are conservation areas, they can start doing more business as usual on the ground first, and then they can start tackling the conservation areas, the protection uh, over time instead of being uh, perfect to begin with. FSC in the past was um, had an, a position of being a gold standard, uh, the, a per perfect standard, and uh, this prevents some of the, the, the users that face more challenge to, to get all those set of requirements without even having the benefits of certification. And by having a stepwise approach, this will uh, allow them to have more time to work on that. From the FSC perspective, this also provides a path where FSC can um, design and offer supporting services to have more connection with them throughout that path. And the main message behind the, the, this continuous improvement, which is the name of the initiative, is that sustainability is a path on itself. It's not an end goal. And that's exactly what we are trying to, to, to capture. So basically, there would be a set of fundamental critical criteria. These they have to comply with before they're able to use the FSC logo. But after that, they will tackle a few indicators at a time in order to, act within a five-year period, get fully certified and, and follow all of the requirements. Exactly. Mm, very interesting approach. Um, and how far along are you with that approach? So we had... Uh, Two years of studies already done. We have uh, tried first in Africa with a, a special format using a, a technical working group from three countries. And we had um, an alternative format tested out in Latin America that involved nine countries. The results were compiled. They were uh, consulted with our membership. And we have the, got the approval to start drafting a procedure, an international procedure. The idea is to have uh, that procedure ready in less than one year and at the same time to pilot test the, the different drafts the procedure has to refine the procedure as we move along. So one of the things that we had received authorization both from the Policy and Steering Committee and the, the FSE Board of Directors is to have this uh, short-term approach based on all the consultation and studies done before. Mm -hmm. So basically, also in, in the implementation of, of the program, you're you're using a less than perfect approach, it sounds like, with being able to pilot and test on the ground and then refine as you go along. Exactly. That's yeah. also new for FSC. 
It is. It is. And I think that the fact that we are working with these small forest owners and the communities uh, create the, that enabling condition that alleviates uh, the risk adverse culture that we had before. Mm-hmm. But can we go back to those smallholders? Because why is it so important to get them certified? There are many reasons uh, uh, behind that importance. Uh, one of them that uh, globally they they own or manage a very interesting uh, level of resources. It's about uh, 500 million hectares that are under their ownership and their management. Um, and maybe for comparison, the amount of certified forest area today is 210 10 million hectares, roughly. Uh, in the beginning of 2020. So it's a significant amount of forest. It is. And from those 210 million, only about 5% is certified the area under smallholders and communities. We want to, to grow that, that share within the overall uh, uh, amount. Mm-hmm. And how are they different? So they're smaller, right? What What's the definition of a smallholder in FSC? Uh, smallholder, it's a, a very funny term that FSC uses because it includes not only small size forest areas, but it also includes low intensity managed forests and communities. And communities sometimes can be neither small nor low intensity, but they do face the same kind of barrier. So the, what we call smallholders is uh, based on the common denominator in terms of the challenge they face to come uh, into certification. Mm-hmm. So the challenge of cost and complexity is the same same for them all. Exactly. And this might be a pre-assumption from my side, but isn't it also so that a lot of these uh, smallholders, timber isn't actually always the primary income source from these forests, where it might be other what we call non-timber forest products that you could certify or ecosystem services, etc.? So within what we call the smallholders, we have different types of smallholders throughout the globe. In If we think about the areas in Europe or North America, their business can be very related with timber. There's lots of uh, supply and demand. The market is functioning on a, on a very traditional way. But if we think about natural forest settings more localized on, on the south, uh, Latin America, Africa, Asia Pacific, the the forests are a very important component of the livelihoods of the the forest depending people either communities or small scale forest owners they use the non timber forest products as uh, some of the traditional management they have with the, with the forest and also timber is the most uh, sophisticated product they can come up with it demands lots of infrastructures uh, the logistic uh, the legality it's very complex for them to use timber as their main source of, uh, of income. And this it, it's an interesting way for them to get a, a more regular source of income because non-timber forest products usually have an annual crop in opposite of the timber that has much more uh, bigger periods for harvesting from one moment to the other. Mm-hmm. And, and could you tell me a little bit about what you're doing? So we had uh, rolled out uh, more than 15 initiatives throughout the, the, the lifespan of this project. And they can be organized in two main components. So they are focusing on policy and standards in order to simplify and focus the, the requirements that are assessed when we are talking about small holders. 
but they are also related with uh, market access or business development, aiming to increase their share in terms of the sophisticated markets that do recognize sustainability requirements. We have uh, pretty much, in the case of the policy and standards, explored the flexibility that the FSC system already had, refined mm -hmm. some of the more important uh, international standards that uh, they can be applied, that, like the, the group standard that allows them to come together to certification and optimize the costs. But we have also tried some alternative ways of offering FSE certification. So we have uh, initiatives that are being tested in limited locations, like mm -hmm. the case of a, a program we are testing in the Southern Appalachian in the, in the US. Um, we have also tested uh, simplified standards in Asia Pacific, target to the type of smallholders we can found. So in the case of the US, the rationale behind was to characterize uh, the typology of the landowners there. It's a very specific setting. They have um, very little interaction with the, with the forest. It's not forests that are managed very intensively. They probably will harvest once in 40, 60 years when they need the money for a wedding, university, a, a funeral. And those landowners have not been engaged with the FSE certification, even in a country like the, the US, where all the enabling conditions are there. We have strong forestry sectors, but nevertheless, these landowners were not able to be involved in FSE certification. So what we have done is to focus our requirements on the moment of the harvest, which we see as a window of opportunity to talk with them, to mitigate uh, any potential impact an operation like the, the cut of the tree can cause in a, in a forest area and ensure that the quality of the the overall forest in that region is is maintained. It's a forest type that is very resilient. It's a region with with good soils, good regeneration, and this also enables us to to test an approach so so radical in terms of reducing the number of requirements. In this case, it was a pilot test that allows also to assess the market implications with many many safeguards while we we roll this out. Mm -hmm. So the project is to allow them to have a very simple FSC certification that's only initiated that one time in the 60 years where they have to harvest. Is that how I should understand it? Uh, yes. So the, this has two major differences compared to a normal certification. The standard itself is very um, simplified and it also allows, allows a, a temporary membership on the group with the safeguard that we have implemented is that we wanted to work with experienced group managers and with experienced uh, chain of custody uh, certificate holders that are very keen on keeping and contributing to the integrity of the FSE system. This allows to test uh, if the a simplified approach and the temporary membership in the group will make a difference. Will will we be able to provide the, the necessary driver for these landowners to come into the system? And then if so, if this is approved, this can be uh, replicable in other parts of the US, but also in other parts of the world. To use the National Forest Management uh, Development Process to be very refined in terms of categorizing a specific uh, user uh, or a forest owner, and then use that classification in a way that can target the responsible forest management requirements to, to that type of user. 
So this temporary, is, could they do it more than once? I'm sorry for diving into this, but I just find it interesting. It's And it's a completely different approach than what I've been used to thinking about FSC because FSC is about long-term change of the way that you manage your forest. Would this be that you come in, you get certified temporarily within a group, but how would we know then over time how that man forest is managed? Uh, in that case, we have uh, uh, includes a specific requirement where they will provide the the boundaries of the um, management units that have been harvested, and uh, the monetization will be using other FSE tools that are currently being developed to assess that actually the assumption behind will be will be kept. Mm, right okay, now, so so yeah. we're using uh, satellite monitoring actually to verify oh, exactly. we haven't uh, yet discussed about the the possibility uh, of allowing more than once but the lifespan that we are speaking about here it's it's quite uh, large we are talking about 40 60 years so those management units will be very unlikely harvested mm -hmm. in in a, in a short period of time but that okay. that needs to be discussed once this pilots is transformed on a, a normal FSE possibility and a FSE solution. Mm -hmm. And what are the timelines for for initiative like this one? Uh, in this case, it was a pilot test approved for two years. So the, the final results uh, are due next year and the first uh, progress report will be presented uh, this year to, to FSE board. How we envision this uh, work area for the future is to make a pledge to the ground and say, okay, we have a couple of initiatives that are already ongoing and they, they are providing a good scaling up of the smallholders share, but we would like to hear more. So we, we will incentivize uh, both our national office and uh, other partners, other um, coalitions on the ground to come up with ideas that then we can assess, run it through our strategic filter, compare with other things that we, we are planning to do and um, launching. So would that also mean that not all of these initiatives will be relevant and issued for the entire globe, but might be locally adapted and, and locally implemented? Would, would, that, would that initiative and that approach of enabling temporary allowance into the FSC system, because there's a very long span of time before, between um, between harvest and because everything else is in, is in place basically for us to defend it as sustainable forest management. Does that solution then only apply for that specific region in the US? Yes. Or would that be implementable for the entire globe? No, that solution will only be applied. That specific solution will only be applied for the US region. But the process behind coming to that simplified solution can be replicable to other parts of the US and to the globe. Mm -hmm. The temporary membership can be something that becomes international applicable if we are using this together with the GIS tools that FSE is also pushing forward. So what if you look at your initiative on a broader scale, how do they require changes to the normative framework or are you just testing the boundaries of the framework to make to make it more applicable for smallholders? They both. The, the correct answer <laughs> is actually both because uh, we work uh, within our users, within the smallholders and the communities, we work with two main sets of uh, policy and standards. The international ones, and this will require normative changes to those 
uh, international standards. But then the, the national standard development process, they can incorporate the, the ideas, the tests that we have done in other parts and tailor-made to their specific situation. So it's in, in the case of the national standards, it's probably more uh, testing the boundaries in, to a certain degree. In others, will require the, the, the changes into the normative framework. So you told me about one of your initiatives in, in, in depth, um, the American one. What are the two others? Uh, so we had a, a regional standard involving four different countries in Asia Pacific that is also focused on simplifying the national forest management components. We have also revived a very interesting project FSC had tested before um, some years ago that is related with forestry contractors. And in this case, the main barrier that we want to tackle is slightly different, is more addressing in one way the cost of certification because we formalize another actor into the, the certification system, the contractors. But it also brings the additional uh, technical capacity that sometimes it's uh, lacking on the ground at the, at the level of the small forest owners. Forestry contractors are usually professionals in terms of the forestry sector. They are more equipped to, to deal with all the requirements FSC asks for. And they also reduce the risk of uh, operations failing to comply with everything that FSC is asking. That's a, that has been another very iconic initiative that we've been working. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know that initiative. I was, I've been part of it uh, a long time ago in, in Denmark, where I live. And basically, mm -hmm. uh, this, this initiative is really to alleviate the forest owners who might not know a thing about forest certification or forest management, really, uh, from being from having to to handle all of the complexity of standards. So, how how far along is that project? Uh, that one is also quite uh, quite far advanced. So, um, the initiative itself had three different uh, scenarios that we were proposing to to test um, in terms of bringing forestry contractors into the system. Uh, one of the scenarios has already been incorporated in the revision of the group standard mm -hmm. and that initiative is uh, just on a very final phase so it's uh, we expect this, uh, this the new version of the group standard that includes already the one of the scenarios of a forestry contractor to be effective in the beginning of next year oh so actually seeing some change in the ground there what makes you excited about working with all of this with new approaches I think that the, the last three years have been an excellent learning path, both for the team, but also uh, internally within FSC. We, we did trial and error a couple of times. Um, some of the ideas that we were pushing forward didn't fit exactly the, the rules we have to develop uh, international or national standards, because there, in that moment, in that conceptual moment, we didn't know exactly what would be the, the best uh, housing of those ideas. The team is uh, very, very committed. It has very high-performance uh, individuals. I'm, I'm really proud of uh, working with uh, such a diverse team. But more than that, and I think what drives all of us, is the potential impact that we can have on the ground. As we move towards a, a world where climate change um, impact assessment in terms of biodiversity, but even more broadly in terms of environmental values, 
the role that people can play on the ground. Our project uh, has been the, the best positioning one to, to try these new ideas and to make sure that FSC becomes more relevant for such an important set of constituents of the system that so far had not been able to, to benefit. Being able to have an impact in terms of livelihoods, making sure that we are tackling deforestation to a, a higher degree because we do need the involvement of indigenous people, traditional communities and forest dependent people. Mm-hmm. You must be so proud of being part of pushing that inside FSC. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand why. If you look um, five years ahead, Vera, or 10 years ahead, what are the long-term benefits of the work that you're doing, both to FSC, but also to the global forests and, and the smallholders? So I think that FSC is still the best positioning set of tools to, to make responsible forest management a, a reality. It's a voluntary initiative that the users can adopt it or not, but by becoming more relevant to these forest dependent people, our impact on the ground on maintaining the, the natural forests, stalling a little bit the deforestation, restoring some of the areas that have been degraded, if we are important enough for these forest dependent people, we will be making a huge difference in a short period of time. And we are almost in the urge of start doing that to a, to a scale that will speak up even to the higher commitments we need to do with our planet. That's it. It's always nice to finish on a positive note. And the outlook of bringing real solutions to climate change certainly is one, if you ask me. Let's hope Vera and her team is as successful in their endeavors as they plan to be. If you want to get in touch with us or follow our work, I encourage you to join our LinkedIn group. It's called FSC Digital Innovations and it's open for everyone. You can also always get in touch with me on digitalinput at fsc.org. I'm Laura Worm and this was Forest for the Future. <laughs>